Okay, so um, today we're just meeting to start um, some new episode about the CT podcast and just to see how we get on with it after a long summer break and what we are up to is basically a little catch up. So today we, we have uh, Shashi is here and uh, Lulu is here and myself, Isabel. And um, yeah, so basically what have we been up to what have we done? What are we doing? Are we changing anything about CT? Are we still enjoying it? All these kind of questions. So I don't know, Shashi, do you have any uh, input you want to add here? Uh, sure. Hi, everyone. Good to be back in the episode series. Um, the fact that we haven't been able to produce something for a couple of months tells us how busy we all are. It's just a crazy time right now everywhere. And uh, we are happy that we're able to provide something uh, for people to kind of reflect upon. Uh, I did the uh, ISTE's uh, CT course over the summer break, and it was challenging in many ways because even though I was familiar with the concepts and the terminologies and the applications, uh, it was still an extremely informative process for me. Um, the focus of the course is entirely, uh, for, those of, for those of you who have not maybe you know, heard of it or have not taken a look at it, I encourage you to do that. Um, it was The focus was entirely on cross-curricular applications. Um, it was computational thinking as a base, but the hooks that it went into were completely cross-curricular. So from English to science, to social studies, to math, uh, there were amazingly well-organized uh, kind of sequencing uh, events there. The one resource I enjoyed the most and almost immediately used in my class was under pattern recognition, uh, this website called Dollar Street. And uh, I even shared it in the, in the teaching workroom earlier, I think. Uh, it's basically a website that allows you to visually interact with um, families from around the world. So this uh, person, I think she's Swedish or Norwegian, I forget. Uh, she started this project many years ago as a way to understand how people perceive themselves economically as poor or middle class or upper class or rich or whatever. And uh, she went around the world collecting this data. And it was an, ex an amazing example to see how something like uh, computational thinking can be implemented uh, using pictures and photographs as data. Uh, which is not something that people generally associate computational thinking with because they are thinking numbers and text and, and you know uh, other kind of data uh, pieces that come into their classroom. But using photographs as the only source of data material, she was able to curate this amazingly interactive uh, website called The Dollar Street, where she imagines the whole world as being living on a single street. The richest are on one corner of the street and the poorest are on the other corner. You get to basically use a navigation uh, tool, which allows you to interact with the interface. And then you can choose the feature I like the best is you can actually go into their homes. So these are families that have opened up their you know, world for the, the uh, uh, their home for the world to see. And photographers went into their homes, took pictures of basically everything. <laughs> and I think from a computational thinking perspective, just to be able to see how kitchens are different from each other or how kitchens are organized differently or it's the same, right, is an amazingly um, insightful and reflective exercise, especially for the young minds who often may not think of themselves or think of their country or their nationality uh, to be in a certain way. And I think being able to break the stereotype is, I think, one of the biggest um, like tools that uh, computational thinking gives us, where we can use this kind, these kind of projects um, to go behind the scenes about how to go about solving a problem. So that was that that project sticks in mind quite, quite prominently for me. So I did the course, very informative. Um, had a chance to interact with other teachers from around the world. And um, so that is my little update for the PD there. Thanks. I guess it was a couple of summers ago that I did um, the CT course. Um, it's Lulu here. Um, for me, what I have been challenged with is I'm a teach fourth grade and it's been how to 
introduce computational thinking to my students um, who maybe haven't come across it before. I guess you get to the point where you're so familiar with the terms and so many of the process of CT, you might perhaps only look at one aspect, but trying to find ways to really introduce it in a meaningful way has been really my challenge over the last couple of couple of weeks and months. Um, so we did a couple of activities. We there's a, a quite a nice activity led by Code Studio called the game with no net, the game with no instructions, where the mm-hmm. students have to um, figure out a game based on a certain amount of responses by players. Um, and then create the algorithm in order to play it. So that was something that they enjoyed, but I was really quite aware that were they really understanding the different different parts of CT? So um, I had a lesson where um, actually my students were gassed. I took a whole bunch of stationery that I had in my room and just threw it around the place. And they really thought, thought I'd gone mad. They kept saying, where's Mrs. Davies gone? Bring Mrs. Davies back. Um, but anyway, then having created this mess, we were able to work um, through each stage in a very concrete way to then solve the problem of how we um, sorted the mess and how if we use different um, different focuses, whether it was on color or on use, then we would be able to create different algorithms and have different outcomes. Um, and I think it was quite a nice, strong platform to then start to be able to talk about those different parts of CT and, and more um, but as we go through our lessons and, and, and when we're working, but it was quite a lot of fun. Um, but I was, I did find it quite challenging to think of what would be a good introductory level for that upper elementary age group. Um, yeah. And in the end, the station we worked well, but it was, um, I did struggle to kind of think, what, how do you go about introducing the, the subject as a whole to start with? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm exactly like you, Lulu, because, um, I mean, the, I've got new classes and I've got classes I had last year. So, for example, my five, six, obviously, I carried them. The grade six, I had them in grade five. So, we just get on with uh, CT, but I always struggle how to introduce it. I Sometimes I think... Sh- what I'm doing now is I'm introducing it in context. So like with my high school, which my, my new class, today we did the comparatives. And I just basically went through the stages without telling them. Although I did use the word decomposition and algorithm, but I didn't explain that we were doing CT. And I never know if I should have a whole lesson where I said, look, this is computational thinking. This is what it is. This is how it works. This is the benefits. Or if I just, you know, teach it in context. So like today, I just, you know, decomposition. I said, okay, we're going to, what's comparative, let's say. And, you know, I went like that rather than saying, let me tell you about computational thinking. I just never know. I mean, they are high school. So they're grade nine, grade 10. So they could process these steps. But I don't teach it that way. I just teach it as really embedded in my teaching. But I always wonder, should I have an introductory lesson? I don't know what it'd be interesting to know. I know what like Joe or whoever in um, high school does because I'm not sure. I think it could be beneficial, but I'm I'm not sure I'm going the right way, really. And I think it's hard to know with some students, depending on who they've had teaching them. So if they've had Mm. people who are kind of keen on on CT and find it useful, then they may have had an introduction. Um, so what you don't want to do is reinvent the wheel teaching them that, but then there's also students who come who haven't got that that knowledge and 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 they can they can very easily acquire it through by demonstrating what you do, but it, it is it's it's it is hard to to find that balance and maybe it's that kind of check-in of what mm. is, is this meaningful to you? Are you recognizing this language? 
if so, then let's carry on. And if you're not, then maybe let's take a little bit of time out to, to even yeah. just go over it. I found a little YouTube video of a couple of minutes long that just really laid out the kind of it very concretely. So I did use that, but that's it a is good worth, idea. worth checking in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea because, you know, if they are familiar with the terms rather than me just saying them as we go, but if they actually have a lesson about CT, then I could even say, okay, here's our problem today. What's the first step, guys? You know, mm -hmm. and that could help them. And they could say, oh, that's decomposition. So what do we do? So I think that could be a better way, which is mm -hmm. not something I do at the moment. So I I'm, I'm think I'm going to do that because today with my 910, I mean, they got it. They were good at writing the algorithm and stuff, but then we did exit slips at the end, and one of them wrote, not sure what an algorithm is, he wrote. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's one out of 20, but still. Um, so, yeah, I might do a lesson on CT. But Isabel, yeah. next time you do it with that group, that child will become more familiar. It's yeah. his starting point, isn't it? Sorry. Well, that's how I did it last year with 5-6. But now I'm thinking maybe I should spend a whole half hour and probably, I mean, I can do it in French over half beginners, but and then explaining, you know, what is CT. I, I might do that. Shashi, do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah, since I teach uh, a wide range, much like you guys, from grade 6 to grade 12, the way they perceive these words, I think, is often uh, the deciding factor of how much they remember later. I've tried to use these words in the younger grades and it never sticks. Like these words are too complex for them to understand what it means and why should they, they should be remembering this stuff. Uh, so what I've done instead is uh, kind of blended a little bit of uh, specific uh, planned identified teaching of the words and their meaning, but also with the kind of work we are doing uh, uh, by not making it that explicit. So for instance, if I'm, I require them to think about writing a program, the first thing I do is show them what the program could ideally look like. So then they kind of deconstruct it going backwards. So we do things like, what do you see on the screen? Just tell me what you see on the screen. So that now they're thinking of, oh, okay, I see three buttons. I, I see something here. Something's happening when I click here. Or if I type something here, something happens. And then I ask them, okay, so this is the dish. It's almost like you taste the dish and you try to figure out what the ingredients are, right? <laughs> I think I, I get a little bit of cumin, some garlic, some chili. So we're going backwards. Now they're thinking, okay, I see a printed message. Okay. So in many ways... I'm connecting decomposition to pattern recognition and from pattern recognition kind of jumping on to uh, algorithm stage because they're already ready to go into the step-by-step -step approach. The moment they realize how many prints I need, how many inputs I need, what kind of processing should take place for the screen to become a reality. Um, and in some ways, I find myself struggling with the abstraction bit. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, that seems to be the most complex one. And oh, not yeah. surprisingly, because even in the course that I mentioned earlier, that was something that many teachers around the world, they said the same thing, is that they just don't know how to make that link between the two stages. And Yeah. yeah well, today, with the um, comparative for my subtraction, what I've done, so I've done the decomposition, I've done the pattern recognition. So I use the kits for pattern recognition, comparing kids, and then writing color-coded, you know, the comparative, so they could see I love color code for pattern recognition. I always use that. I'm a bit, I need to change that a bit as well. And then for the abstraction, what I said... In that case, I, I don't know if that's right, but I said, okay, so what's the general model? We add plus or moins, but then that's the general model. That's the abstraction. But when we wrote the algorithm, I added the exception, which are better and worse. Mm -hmm. So that's how I did it. But I don't know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> Isabel, I'm always reminded of your definition of abstraction, where you talk about removing the bits that you don't need. 
And I think yeah. since I started to think about it in those terms, that's that's really helped me understand that actually it's a process of, of removing to really get to the core things that you'll need in order to write that algorithm. Um, mm-hmm. Shashi, you're, while you're talking about food, I, I'm hopefully Susan McQuarrie will catch up with us, but I know that in um, grade one, they read yeah. a story about a boy making dal, and then they used computational thinking to create the recreate the recipe in their class. Um, and I know Susan had worked with those students on introducing computational thinking in um, in in kindergarten. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to hear how yeah. much the students had retained and were able to see that process in real life, mm-hmm. as well as what the out- outcome was. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, sorry, just to complete the point, just I think it's uh, worth dedicating just an episode for elementary, CT in elementary, you know, <laughs> because it's such a foundational thing. And if uh, such examples can be highlighted, given a little bit more space, I think that'll be really beneficial for the older grades too. Yeah, and I was just going to say, I think for the older grades, what I like about CT, and that's something that sometimes is missing in languages, is critical thinking. And I think CT really gives you that critical thinking. Because when you color code, for example, they can say, they can think, why is it like that? And then we can even explore, you know, and then even... You can even include cultural diversity in there because with the masculine, feminine, and what's going on. And I mean, today we had a discussion about why is COVID feminine in France and why is not masculine. And then I never, I mean, that was a little bit cruel, but one child said, well, but what about cancer? Is it masculine? I said, okay, guys. So, but you know, it just goes them to think. And I think CT for the high and also for the lower grade, I'm, I'm sure Susan would agree with that, with the lower elementary. But what I like about and what I'm missing in languages is critical thinking. And I think CT can bring that in. So um, something to, yeah, to think about. In fact, in, in fourth grade last week, we were just um, starting to introduce persuasive writing. And persuasive writing is really a very formulaic, formulaic way of writing. And I was able to already say to the, the students who had already taken part in some of the CT work of saying, here, I'm giving you an algorithm. You'd, in order for you to write a successful persuasive piece, work through the algorithm that I'm giving you. I'm giving you a formula that essentially won't change for the rest of your life for every persuasive writing that you do. And actually, if we can start to think in terms like that for the children who find that structure difficult, then maybe that may be a way to help them um, develop their skills of persuasive writing, but see it in a much more sort of formulaic manner. So the algorithm, did you work through through it with them or you gave it to them? Um, so, well, in fact, in third grade, they had um, developed an algorithm. They use a, um, the mnemonic OREO. So O stands for opinion, R okay. stands for reason, E stands for explanation or evidence, and O stands for opinion. So your first paragraph is to state your opinion. Your second, third, or your each, then your middle paragraphs are giving a reason and then giving the evidence for each one. And you repeat that for at least three times, ideally. And then you have a concluding paragraph where you're restating your opinion again. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite a clear structure that yeah. they already know, but it's yeah. quite nice to start to help them use, think, well, like, now I can overlay a rule I'm familiar with in CT terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I haven't that's, seen their results yet. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Well, I think algorithm is really, like you said, it's a formula to, to help the kids to, to go yep. through and to really, and I always say it, I always say to the kids when they write the algorithm, I said, you know, I don't want more than four steps, really. Mm. So you've got to be concise, but you also have to be precise so that someone who is not here today, when she comes back next week and you give it to her, she'll be able to understand what to do. So, you know, and I actually said to the kids today, because we have so many kids absent in, even now in high school, it's kind of going up the, the stairs, but we had four kids off today. So I said, you've got to write it and I'm going to put it on Google Classroom for them. So it's got to be something they understand. And when they come on Wednesday, we'll see if your algorithm works. So give them a bit of responsibility. <laughs> and collaboration <laughs> all good <laughs> excellent so I just to wrap up the episode uh, yeah. but anyway uh, any immediate plans some things that you want to try that's new something modified uh, from what you've been trying in the past I've been having a look at um, different lessons on barefoot computing mm-hmm. um, and they have some nice lessons where they have for one that we started to look at was looking at 2D a house made of 2D shapes where the actual instructions are incorrect. So they have to go through a process of debugging to mm. correct the instructions. And so now the next step is for them to create their own 2D shape and instructions that then they have to get wrong for someone else to try out. Now, Isabel, if you're talking about higher order thinking and critical thinking, there's so many steps there. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be quite... But I think actually that bit of getting it wrong is something that they'll get to quite quickly. But I think at the moment, their biggest challenge is to figure out a, a kind of straightforward shape <laughs> that they can get them to. But it's, like it's exciting. It, yeah. Those resources, I have to say, are, are fantastic. They're so clear and um, and they're free. So um, definitely for the elementary level, barefoot um, computing work resources are great. I actually mm-hmm. like uh, just listening to you. I, I love that idea of giving them a wrong algorithm. And correcting mm. it. I love it as part of a summative assessment. This is yeah. it. That's what I'm going to do. So thank you, Lulu. That's <laughs> what it's done. <laughs> but I'd like to, that's what I'm going to do next time. I'm going to first think about introduce computational thinking in a very much what is computational thinking for high school, like introducing the words and talking mm-hmm. about the actual process. And second, I definitely. I am trying to get CT in assessments uh, with the algorithm. So I'm going to take that idea, Lulu. I'm going to give them a wrong algorithm for conjugation of verbs, and they have to con- co- correct it. That's good you know, I don't know. I have the experience that every time I write something wrong on the board, I have 15 kids telling me immediately I've got it wrong. So <laughs> they are able to de- debug my work so well, and it's yeah. trying to develop that criticality in themselves. So yeah, I think that's a great idea, Isabel. No, great. This is so good to hear because the same kids will grow up and hopefully choose computer science, for me at least. And one of the things we do there is things like trace table, where uh, the whole idea of solving a program without needing a computer, right? Take a piece of paper and you just follow the variables and see how they change as the program grows. And these things that you're doing in your classes are going to be hugely beneficial because they've done this already uh, with yeah. a step-by-step recipe-based approach. And uh, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That's why I think computational thinking is a big, it, it should be in every curriculum. And I think mm-hmm. it is going to be part, and it is already part of the IC curriculum because sure. it is preparing the kids, not for just school, but life skills as well. So Absolutely. very important. Absolutely. So we need to recruit. We need to recruit more. 
<laughs> and it's, it's certainly included now in the Ontario math standards that we use. Okay. There's a lot more coding, coding skills that are included a lot more explicitly. Um, but I think, Shashi, it'll be interesting for you in a year's time to get the mm-hmm. students that I started working with when I started CT. Mm-hmm. And just to, and then Lucy will be working with them this year as well. So that whether you're starting to see that kind of higher level of literacy in computational thinking when you get grade six next year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Yeah, that continuity, I think, is so important because if this is to be a life skill going forward um, as they get into higher education, then every grade level should be doing something, at least in two or three subjects where that consistency is maintained. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, good chat as always. <laughs> a lot of yeah, interesting stuff yeah, shared. And uh, let's hope the other group can also meet and uh, add on to this. <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys for so taking time for this. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Bye.